Next Chapter Podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that. 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing too new. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend. The king of these four, Angelo, talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. That is on so many levels. The song is public service announcement. It kicks in. It kicks in. I just want to punch the wall. On the Spotify, it might be called Interlude, but it's really called PSA. It's by Jay-Z from the Black Album that came out in 2003. And guess what? It's on the list. 349 out of 500. And you are listening to The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, Fleece Army? What's up, Kadoogly Spoogly Chinchooglies? Oh, man. I want to thank everybody that came to the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, uh, to the goddamn Comedy Jam, to the Live 500 taping, where we had uh, two special guests. We did Jethro Tull. Um, sold out audience. Wall-to-wall people. Standing room only. They could not get enough of me and Big J and Sklaz and, and really Pan Flute even though I just found out it's not a pan flute from Jethro Tull. But yeah, the goddamn comedy jam. If you're in New York City, October 18th, I'm doing a jam at the Village Underground. We're going to be streaming it uh, across the world, too, via Mint. We're going to be doing the streaming from the Comedy Store, and we're going to be doing it from uh, the Village Underground at the Comedy Cellar. October 18th is our first one in New York City. Tickets are going to go on sale very, very shortly. Uh, stay tuned to my social media, at Josh Adam Myers and uh, joshadammyers.com, and I will tell you exactly where. I want to see everybody out, man. we got to blow this New York one up. Uh but you can see me most nights at the Comedy Cellar, New York Comedy Club, The Stand. Uh, I'm out here. I'm working. But to all the people that came to Moon Tower, let me get a little coffee. Mm. Thank you. It's Dude, my voice just came back. Just came back. I sounded like Harvey Firestein in Independence Day for three straight days. Just, hey, everybody. What are we doing? What record are we doing? We're doing Jay-Z. Jay's? There's somebody that when they saw Jay-Z the name the first time, they were like, who's Jay's? Jay's? Support the show. Please. 
We appreciate it. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Another way you can support it is just by following me at Josh Adam Myers. Um, oh, I have shows. I should probably look up these. Ooh, October 9th, I'll be in Fairfield, Connecticut. And then I will be October 14th in, I think, Red Rock, Texas. Then I'm going to the Meth Syndicate wedding on October 21st. I will be in New Jersey on October 24th. I will be at Skankfest South November 7th. I'll be at JFL Escapes in Cancun November 3rd. I will be in... And then, guys, Edmonton. I'll be in St. Louis. I'll be in Vancouver. I'll be in Plano, Texas. I'll be in Laugh, Boston. I'll be at Helium in Philadelphia. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Then I'll be in Arizona and and then re- rinse, repeat. So joshadamires.com. Come on, y'all. All right. What are we talking about today? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Hmm. What do I say about Jay-Z that hasn't already been said? Is he the greatest? Is he the greatest MC of all time? I don't know. He's up there. I mean, if it's true that he doesn't write any of his rhymes and and this is just what he does, then, I mean, that's incredible. But I think that's every MC. I feel like every MC hears the beat, then they write from there. Some actually write him down. I don't know. I don't know who my number one MC is of all time. I mean, I love, I love Old Dirty Bastard. I just, he's not, I know he's not in the top 20, but I just think he was so good. But Jay-Z was just always there. I just remember the first time I heard him, it was just, next thing you know, it's Hard Knock Life, it's Big Pimpin', it's it's uh, Suit and Tie. I think he did that with um, Jay-Z, with, what's his face? Justin Timberlake. God, Justin. First record. We're going to talk about all of this. Uh, and my guest today, uh, it's, you know, this is what's cool about the podcast is, is that you've known somebody for years and you guys have worked together and now it's like you get to sit down and just talk and uh, my guest is one of those people somebody that I really respect I think is hilarious the one and only Neil Brennan he was a co-creator of Chappelle show Uh, he wrote Half Baked which I saw opening night more high than I've ever been in my whole life I was so high when I went to buy the ticket for Half Baked I walked up to the counter and I couldn't say anything and the lady goes how many tickets for Half Baked do you want and I was like and I held up my two fingers she's like here you go uh, he's got a great podcast called How Neil Feels. He has an incredible special on uh, Netflix called Three Mics. And he's got a brand new show in New York running at the Cherry Lane Theater until November 21st called Unacceptable. I'm going to go to it. You're going to go to it. It's probably going to be uh, delicious. So Neil Brennan's our guest. And uh, we had a really good discussion about Jay-Z, about hip-hop, about comedy. A uh, lot of fun, guys. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Uh, email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com. We got a Facebook group run by this crazy dude named Evan. Uh, follow that. And for all things 500, go to our website, 500podcast.com. Oh, I'm sorry, the500podcast.com. Well... Y'all ready to tune in to the greatest 
Here we, we go with 340999 with the Black Album by Jay Z Z Z Z Z Z In the history of, of doing this podcast, Neil, this is the first man on the street. and uh, Man on the street. And I'll take I'm it. coming to you live from New York City. I mean, the, what do you want? It's like going, it's like somebody doing uh, Bob Marley live from from Jamaica. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean it's, Although these couldn't, these aren't exactly the crime written. I, I just got recognized. It's fine, guys. It's the hardcore um, streets of Williamsburg. Hard, yes, no, it's hard. It's even softer than that. It's the West Village. Oh, so. okay, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, so we'll do our best. No, I, we first of all, I actually do appreciate this because I really feel like this is oh, where yeah, the yeah. record, this is where the record, in a sense, was born, conceived, and you know, we this is to really get the full effervescence of what this album is about. You have to take in everything about New York, so. Uh, you know, please, if you see a fentanyl guy overdosing, just kind of like pan over. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll see if I can wake him up. I won't be able to. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll let him know uh, that we're recording. Sir, we're recording for, for Josh Myers' uh, podcast. And then he's not going to help. <laughs> you'll be like, Josh Myers, the guy from that 70s show? Yes. And you'll be like, no, 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 no. Exactly. Josh Adam no, no, Myers. Brother. Josh Adam Myers, the guy. He couldn't get Josh Myers. Not available. <laughs> That's been the bane of my existence, Neil, is that I get tagged in all Josh I, Myers things. Josh Myers gets tagged in all of my things. And I finally ran into I him. I believe it. And I ran into him at, a, at Tailwaggers on Bronson and, and Franklin. And we've never met each other. We immediately hugged. Because we both were just oh, like, oh, that's very fun. Yeah, yeah. So we we got it. All right, here. Because you're out on the street, let's dive into this. Uh, so I want to go back no. first. So the first question I want to ask is, wait, first, where did you grow up? I am in Philadelphia. So you're from Philadelphia, which is not like not a non hip hop city, but but was hip? No, nah, I mean, kind of. All right, what up? All right, was hip hop was hip hop like prevalent in your scene, kind of growing up amongst your friends? Yeah, it was, I was more in like the kind of, uh, kind of the, the, the not, people would never believe it now, but the first time I ever heard hip hop was on Dr. Demento's comedy. <laughs> Dr. Demento was a guy who had a radio show that was just like wacky songs. Yeah, dude. And it was a lot of like song parodies and shit. And then. And then like Weird Al and whatnot. And uh, so I listened to uh, White Lines by Grandmaster Flash on there. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, what in the hell? And then Philly, I mean, I just remember listening to Public Enemy over and over and over and over and over and over. In like 88, 87, 88. Yeah. So it wasn't, I wasn't like... You know, I didn't grow up around white people. I didn't. I just, I just, I got it the way white suburban kids got it. I just tended to like the more angrier stuff. Like the first time Public Enemy was so loud and screeching, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I kind of went down that rabbit hole, so to speak. And then it was like Tribe Called Quest, and and then I moved to New York in '91, and then it was, then it was whatever was happening like every album and, you know, Onyx and Def Jam and Ella Cool J and Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys is actually later. 
but yeah, for me. Really? So sorry, sorry. So you didn't idolize them. You kind of, but you did find yourself listening to a lot of hip hop as you're growing up. Did you? And, and also, and, and not to say this, but what I love about about your career is that you have worked with some of the most respected uh, black artists in comedy and in music. Did you have like? Did you always tend to kind of be drawn towards like the black culture, or was it something about that that just kind of? Because I had my moment. You mentioned Public Enemy when I was I was like a head, headbanger. And then I switched one day after I saw two live crew and I was like, this is the music I'm listening to from now on. It was public enemy Two live crew D nice and just kid, you know, kid and play all of that. So did you have that or was it just, um, I had, yeah, it was yes and no. Like I still listened. It was, there was a point where when I moved to New York, it was nothing but hip hop. And then I also deaf comedy jam was happening when I moved here. So that was sort of peaking. And then I was working in a comedy club and uh, starting in 92. And the only other person my age was, was uh, Dave Chappelle. So like then I was just, you know, that was kind of became symbiotic in terms of him. What was he would listen to? And I was like, you got to listen to that. And we so then it would just be him like a friendship. Um, so I was more plugged into, I was probably getting, hearing things before the other whites. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't you know Dude, just, he wasn't famous or anything but it was just like it was uh oh you know what i went to this is a funny story there, there, there may be a lot of dave stories on this episode just because uh please this um we were doing Chappelle show when this album came out yes. but um um the there dave was mad that he didn't get he was supposed to do arsenio uh, there was a there was an Arsenio episode that Dave was supposed to be on, and he couldn't the, he couldn't make the date work, and he was mad. I was like, "Why are you so mad?" Like in retrospect, he was mad like a month later, and he was like, "Because that was the first time Snoop Dogg ever said we don't love them hoes in public." Really. He said it on Arsenio. <laughs> I remember it as a matter of fact. I remember it. Um, it was a huge seismic because it was like, wait, what did he just say? And it killed. So there were all like a lot of little. I went to the, I went to Arsenio and Arsenio taping with Dave when the Hughes brothers were there promoting Menace to Society. The movie had not come out yet. Just like a lot of little things like that, like um, that I was sort of around for. And I also wrote for the Source comedy issue in 1993, I believe. Yeah. So I was like, you know, around it. I wasn't like that involved, but I was, I guess I was pretty involved. No, you were pretty involved. For, for no, you're, you're pretty involved. All right, so let's do this. Let's take it from, can you pinpoint the exact moment? Not you heard this record, but the first time you heard Jay-Z. I, I can pinpoint the record. Uh, the, uh, the moment. Uh, it was Streets is Watching, 1998. Dave was listening to uh, the song Streets is Watching, which I believe, um, I don't know what album it's on. Is that the name of the album? Find out. I don't think it is. Adam, I think it's on Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, Adam, Adam, Adam I believe will it's find on it. Reasonable Doubt. Okay. I believe it's on Reasonable Doubt. Um, and there's a line, Jay-Z has a line where he said, 
it's hard not to kill n-words it's like a hard time it's like a full-time job not to kill n-words and i said today boy this guy really wants to kill n-words <laughs> um so that was my introduction to jay-z yeah in 1998 and uh or 99 probably and um and then and then that album was like you know street popular and then he just got more popular every album from there from there out and then it kind of i don't know if it peaked sales wise with with uh with the black album but culturally it felt like he really played it right no for sure i mean well i'm trying to remember the exact moment i started hearing jay-z i i I hate to say it but i think really what really got me into into his music was probably hard knock life when he used that sample that sample was so popular but that was that was later in his career yes, though. That's, yeah, that was much later. That was, uh, I remember a funny story when we were shooting. Now I'm walking into a building that I'm living in in New York. Nice. When they were shooting, um, we were shooting the pilot for Chappelle show. So it was sort of 2002. And we had just shot the scene where Donnell Rawlings says, I'm rich, bitch which then became like a, you know, the logo and stuff. We shot the pilot and my mom was there. This is on like 140 something street. Yeah. And she was driving. Apparently she was in the van going home and, and hard knock life was on the radio. And she's like, well, it's good to hear Annie on the radio. She didn't realize that Jay-Z was going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and ruin her precious Annie. <laughs> But that was what, but before that, yeah. But I mean, but yeah. th- that, that was for me. I mean, I remember hearing his name. I remember him being kind of in like the hip hop ethos. I wasn't as into hip hop as he's starting to really gain traction. Um, so I can't really pinpoint the exact moment I heard Jay-Z, but I remember from hard, not like hard, knock life on. He was just, I would say like, he was the, ubiquitous. He, yeah, yeah, it was like, he was the biggest guy in hip hop. Um, so were you, so yeah. when you first heard, and it was off of what, uh, Adam, you said that was volume, volume one. Uh, so hard knock life was off of volume two, hard knock life. Okay. When did that come out? That one came out in 1998. All right. So that's 98. So I know hard knock life comes out in what? 2001 or like 2000. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember when I, these are all, I just have a bunch of anecdotes where like that, whatever the heart, that was 2000, maybe 99. I don't know. It's all sort of the same. Yeah. It, I mean, it seems less important, so, but, but when you, but yeah, he was just started crushing. So when you start, so, so you start hearing Jay-Z, do you immediately become a fan of his music? Like, what are you drawn to about Jay-Z? Well, I think the thing that Jay-Z did was that he just picked the best beats. Yeah. Um, there's there back then, especially, I think there was a pecking order of, uh, like Timberland and, 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 um, Swiss beats and Pharrell just kind of had a carousel of the best beats. Yeah. And, um, and so I think there was a pecking order who they would give them to because I, not like they could just take beats from them, but I think if you had if you had a great beat, you would just think who will who will do best by this beat that will make me the most money. Yeah, it will make who will make this a bit uh, a a big record. 
right? Yeah. And I think Jay-Z was always, I think he had to be, it was like Nelly and Eminem and, I, you know, at that period, um, there was, there wasn't a long list of people. You could get, like Noriega had a, had a Pharrell beat that was like, Big, that, um, I love that Noriega beat. The one you're talking yeah, about, like what, 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 what? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I just think those three, and Jay Z was very good at picking beats. To me, I mean, again, this is from the outside looking in. Very good at picking beats, and then he was a uh, he's just a great rapper. He's just a very fucking clever dude. Just spits out couplets. Just. Mm-hmm. Couplet, 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 couplet. So I don't, in terms of cultural relevance, I don't know. That's, that's the kind of thing I can't even really speak to in a weird way. Cause I don't, I don't know how he stayed relevant other than just like he picked the right beats. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's no other like Big Pimpin', I don't, that's just a great beat. It's a great beat. And then, and then Big Pimpin's a good hook. Like he's, he's a good, um, he's a good rapper and he, he knows, he understands the business. He picks great beats and then he figures, he's good with hooks. Big Pimpin's a good, it's like a new phrase. It's a, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, he's, a, he's, he's got the, he's got the gift of gab. Yes, he so does. Speak. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I was talking to Cypher Sounds at the Comedy Cellar yeah. the other night. We were talking about the they were they were going back and forth between between Drake's new record and Kanye's new record. And then they started talking yeah. about why Drake is this superstar. And it's because of all these artists that he signs to his label that that are all very talented. They basically have to go to Drake and be like, so this is a new song I'm working on. And then Drake listens to it and decides if he wants to then take the beat and put his vocals on top of it or let them have it. Big dog gotta eat. Big dog gotta eat, man. Yeah. I mean, and I, listen. I mean, that's just, that's just like, all right, I'm not mad at it. I don't think that, I don't know if that was happening at, at Def Jam because or at Rockefeller, but if it was, I'm not mad at it. Like, you know, if I signed you, yeah, you know what? Let me, 
Yeah. Let me let me get a little. Let me see what's. Let me let me let me let me hold it real quick. Yeah, let me let me hold it. You know? Listen, maybe you know when the guys are, can I can I get a cameo? Nah, man. This is this is no, just me. I might give you a cameo, but I don't think you're gonna get it. I don't think you're gonna get a cameo. <laughs> All right. So let's so let's get it um, to so let's get it to this record because I love that you said that you were writing and working on Chappelle Show when this came out because I remember the hype behind this. Uh, so this comes out in November 14th, 2003, which is on my birthday, I think. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Obviously. Scorpio's rule. I'm trying to remember right. what I was doing for that birthday. I'm assuming I was, it was probably, there was some Coke involved probably and, and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Maybe this record played in the background, but what, so tell sure. me, tell me your, tell me what, what was going on in your life and then your initial thoughts. November 2003, we had, we were shooting sketches for the second season of Chappelle show. So I can't remember. I don't, I mean, I, I don't remember. No, I don't remember the record coming out. I remember Damon dash had been on in a sketch, the first season of Chappelle show. So we were just, I was like a little tied into Rockefeller. Um, I would see Damon dash at parties sometimes. Um, so when the album came out, I just remember it was like, um, is H to the Izzo on that album? No, that's, that okay. was, that's the one from 2001. That's the one that came out, uh, on September 9, 11. Oh God. All right, cool. Um, okay. So that, uh, this album, I don't remember it coming. I just remember that every Every black dude I knew knew all the lyrics within two weeks. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's any hot record. Dude, if, if like if the Kanye record came out and by the morning that it was announced and I found out about it on Twitter and every black guy knew every fucking lyric on that record. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? Wait a minute. Oh, you know what? All right, this is, you ever hear Dave tell that story about uh, when Kanye came to the to to the um, editing and said my life is dope and I do dope I, he shit. He said it on Fallon, but this, but it, what? Yeah. Yes, tell us. No, that's okay. the so okay. So that day, okay, th this makes sense. All right, so so they the 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 uh, the, the black album had just come out, I guess, that day or that week, and um, Kanye was doing the show with Common. He was a musical guest with Common. Mm -hmm. Kanye had never been on television before. So we're waiting to record, we're waiting to like film in a trailer and it's me, Dave, Kanye, Common, a few other people. And they're playing, Kanye's playing the, the album and, and like play it back, run it, run it, run it, run it back, run it back, run it back. And, uh, and then we recorded Common and Kanye doing that their song, The Food. And no one will believe this historically, but I had to help Kanye be better performing. <laughs> what? And you'll never believe it. It's just unbelievable. You can't believe it. What are you it. saying? What are you, how are you, what are you guys? He just was very shy. He was shy. The first two takes, he was shy. And I was like, dude, I said, I remember what I said. I said, you have to pick a camera and play to it on some hip hop shit. 
like you just have to pick a can he'd never been on tv so he just didn't know to like and it was it was common song so i'm sure he was a little i mean it was connie's beat but common song yeah. so he probably felt like a little like i don't know how how big do i want to go there but he did rhyme on it so um he needed to be more like aggressive and 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 televisual and the third take it was great yeah that's what's in the show <laughs> um so uh so that was so that i guess that the album came out that day or that week the jay-z's album and then um we did another sketch I, you know what's funny is like it had a weirdly big there's a bunch of oversecting things intersecting things when we shot the racial draft sketch yeah the wu-tang clan was in it jizza and Rizzo were in it and at one point when we were shooting uh the the Rizzo disappeared and he had walked across the street to madison square garden where jay-z was doing his concert uh, that's in the the black album movie mm -hmm. um so so we we were we had to pause for a, a little bit he didn't take long <laughs> said he riz was like i walked across the street i stood in the front i watched 10 minutes and i left <laughs> um so then he came back i think we jay-z wouldn't do the show he wouldn't perform on the show uh which was just aggravating yeah. so we're like come on man like fucking and then there was a there's another sketch where Dave says, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove, which by the time that we did it for the audience, just crushed. Yeah. So that was probably yeah. December, January when we recorded it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So are you banging this then? I mean, are you just couldn't get away from it? Yeah, it was just like every every like uh every song it was it this is this song's got like I don't know how many tracks it has, 13, but probably nine or 10 of them are like very good. Yes. There's like a few songs that I just don't like the type of song they are. Yes. I, um, I don't really like Jay-Z's kind of like uh, rhapsodizing stuff. Like there's a song with his mom that I'm not crazy about. Like it just doesn't, I, it's just not my kind of song. Yeah. Um, but, but um but yeah, so it was just, it was, it was, yeah, it was everywhere. It was like wallpaper. And then the gray album came out. Which I love. Which is, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, Danger I, Mouse made that. I love that. I thought, I actually, and I hate to say it, I think I enjoyed that more than I actually enjoy this record. And not, not to say this record's bad. I agree exactly with what you said. The hits that are on this album are incredible, except for one which I'll get to in a little bit because it's just, I think it's, I don't understand why they would release it as their first single when there were so many great songs on here, but the gray album took, you know, cause it's like he did the thing with Lincoln park and that was cool because Lincoln parks, one of the biggest bands at the time, he's the biggest MC at the time. And it's a cool merging. That was afterward. That was for afterward. sure. That was a, that was cashing in on the gray album for sure. But that's what I was saying though. But the gray and Jay-Z had to do exactly nothing. They just took his vocals. Well, no, no, no. He, they, I'm talking about the live thing that he did. 
the live, oh, the live, right. the live, yeah. the live uh, the performance that they did. Because when they did that, that was me right. being like, okay, like I dig what he's doing. I can appreciate Jay Z even more as an artist now. Working with the live band, working with Lincoln Park, I even dug Lincoln Park a little bit more. The Gray album, because the White album, in my opinion, is you know top ten records ever made. It's the Beatles at yeah. the height yeah. of the Beatles. Yeah. And then this guy, Danger Mouse, who of course went on to do Gnarls Barkley and produce like so many other great artists. Like he, he, I mean, dude, it was a coming out party for him because you remember the hype Absolutely. you remember the hype behind that it was like it was all over and when entertainment yeah. weekly starts talking about something in the hip-hop culture it's transcended rolling stone it's transcended at you know double xl it's this is big and i remember reading a huge article about him um and it was yeah. and it was phenomenal um yeah this record though you know I, I couldn't agree more i think there's some songs on it that that if he would have cut them this could be a perfect record but now that I got you here, and I think this is a perfect question because you have worked so intricately with so many different hip hop artists and you're so great at the top of your game in stand up. I want to know why is there this correlation between hip hop and comedy? And then also, what are the funniest things about the hip hop culture? Uh, the correlation, I mean, I've, it's the same, it's basically set a punchline. So it's the same dynamic. Yeah. Um, they're just doing, they're basically doing one-liners or they're doing a series of one-liners in a, in a 16 bar, you know, whatever they're, whatever, whatever they're, they're, whatever they're going for. Yeah. Uh, and it's just basically like talking shit and trying to be clever. Yeah. Um, my fate, the funniest thing to me in hip hop is when they rap about food <laughs> Cause uh, it's so unimpressive. Cause they're rapping about like opulence and they're talking about like a $21 entree, which is like, that's not that opulent. <laughs> if you're talking, if you get out of a Bugatti and then you have a good piece of linguine, <laughs> it's like just not that. There's, Puffy was big on, there was one there was like, Spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. I remember that being one of Puffy's yep. rhymes and being like, boy, that is so stupid because that's not, we're talking about $38, even if it's top of the line. <laughs> top of the line. And also, who gets two pastas? It's you know 100%. I mean? 100%. So, I mean, unless they're at Buca yeah. de Beppo and they're going family style and they want to share, you know? That's fine. But even that, it's even less impressive because you're splitting it. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, so those and those guys all think they're funny. Yeah, they do. Um, and some of them are. Some of them are legitimately funny. Sorry, I'm I'm, uh, I'm greasing my face. No, please. I, I, this, this is this one really. What do you got there? What is that like? This a one mist? really. This uh, this yeah, it's a little. I put some oil. I put some uh, almond oil into a thing. Ooh. I had makeup on earlier, and then I took it off, and then oh, well, dry, guys. Go ahead, <laughs> dude. Dude, if you ever so yeah, so all those guys think that, that. So when they rap about food, it always makes me laugh. And I gotta say, Kanye maybe had like the wettest, some of the wettest like rhymes. Like Kanye always went for like jokes, like very close to comedy. Um, he's got a line now in a song called uh, "Hurricane." where he said, uh, everybody hurts, but I don't judge rentals, which is like, I didn't, <laughs> it's just a pun. It's a hurts car rental place yeah. pun. But I was like, good for him. Yeah. 
Do you find that um, being that you work in, do you being that you work so like in comedy and in a sense hip hop, do you think that there are like similarities that from all the stuff that you just said that has kind of like influenced your work when you're working on your material, you know, being that you're such a fan of the music? Not really. I mean, kind of not really. Sometimes I'll say things in rhythms that are like hip hoppy, but not very, it's not very direct, if at all. I think the, if there, if, if uh, black people respect uh, anything about me, it's the fact that I rarely use the black scent and yet still am able to communicate. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I, uh, in a way that they may enjoy from time to time. No, for sure. Um, all right, let's find out uh, what the background on this record. We don't have to do the whole history on Jay Z, but this is what's going on in Jay Z's life when this record comes out. He's in the south of France. Jay Z announced he's working on his eighth album uh, opening uh, as at the same time opening the Forty Forty Club in New York City. Uh, the album was released, like I said, November 2003, and was talked about being his last album before retirement from studio albums to move into the corporate world. Uh, of course, he still went on to do uh, a couple collaborations and uh, writing uh, resumed about three years later. He cited a perceived lack of competition as reason for his retirement, stating that the game ain't hot. I love when someone makes a hot album and you've got to make a hot album. I love that, but it ain't hot. What else? You were mentioning some artists that were out during that time. So like Nelly. I don't, it's funny. Like, all right. So Nelly was actually a little, Nelly was around this time. Actually. Ludacris was on our show. He did stand up. Uh, when I move, you move. Good song. Um, Outcast put out, um, Speaker box and love below in oh oh one. I think oh one oh oh one oh two because I remember because that was when I was uh, deep. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go. I would bet oh two oh three because because uh because um I think two big boy did 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 uh Chappelle show. Yeah. I th- he, he as a musical guest. So like that on that album. And that album was out for like they were promoting they were just doing songs. They're releasing singles on them for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, like in terms of great albums, I would say, um, you know, most Def's album was really good. Hit the Black on Both Sides came up before that though. Um, Quali had an album out with with uh, Get By. That was in 02. Um, I'm trying to think of who we wanted to get on the show. Yeah, there was no. I mean, Jay-Z wasn't wrong other than Outkast. Yeah. Well, he just, Adam just found out uh, Outkast came out in 2003, two months before this record. Um, Yeah. This is the era of like the the one and done guys. Like the, who's the dude? I like the way you shake it right there. Uh, Chingy. Chingy. There's Chingy. Chingy. There's, there's, I want to say mums or not mums. Yeah. There's a, you know, know, this is why I'm hot. I'm just trying to remember all the Petey Pablo. Yep. Like, yeah, this is probably a real Twister. Twi- Twister. <laughs> but with Twister, don't forget, Overnight Scenario yeah. was on the Kanye record. Don't forget. So I'm just saying, like, they're still yes. working in that in that whole realm. And Little Wayne, like Cash Money had kind of like peaked, but they were still I remember seeing now I'm thinking about like the 2004 VMAs seeing the Cash Money 
gang coming in and as as me and me and Dave and the and crew were going in. Yeah. And they were leaving and we were coming up or whatever. They were leaving, we were going in. <laughs> um so yeah, so there it wasn't like there was nobody for again, it was more like Pharrell, Timberland. I was more always more interested in those guys. Yeah. And Timberlake's album it was great. Uh Crime Your River and all that stuff was kind of a hip hop album and was a fucking great album. Dude, I remember Justified. Dude, I remember Neil when because I did not want to like I was like, oh, he's putting out a solo record, that'll flop. And I heard that song Like I Love You, and I was like, fuck, that's good. That's real. Oh yeah, that and the next album with the with that song My Love. It's a fucking excellent album. Excellent, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, he stuck around. Yeah. JC Chavez or Chaze, not so much. That that record yeah, kind of yeah. came and went. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Um, so, yes, so this album is well-received, debuts at number one on the U.S. Billboard, sells 463,000 copies in the first week, went triple platinum in 2005. It was nominated for Best Rap Album at the 2005 Grammys, but loses to Kanye West, the college dropout. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, I would argue, and I think rightly so, Better album. Yeah. College Dropout's a better album. To me, mm-hmm. Kanye to me is my favorite uh, hip-hop artist ever because he produces the records. Um, so if you produce all the records and you're, the album's also kind of about something, even though it was like a weird premise of like, College Dropout, like is that, the, is that, is that where we are right now? Trying to encourage black people to drop out of college? Uh, it was, he's just an interesting, weird dude. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not mad at that. I bet Jay-Z wasn't even that mad at it. No, I, I, and also. Because by the way, he's got points on the record. So fuck he Yes, there. he does. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. College Dropout, uh, you know, it, I, I don't think there's any bad tracks on that record. Maybe there's some, I haven't really listened to it. In oh a while. yeah, there are, there are. There's, uh, I know because Kanye asked me to direct a video and I straight up said, no, thank you. No, you didn't. Which is, uh, I swear to God, I did for Kanye's workout plan. No, thank you. No, thank you, Kanye. Don't like the song. Don't think it's good. But enjoy yourself. Good luck. It's a great. bad song. Any of the other songs? And there's on another the bad song that he actually admitted was a bad song called "Breathe In, Breathe Out." 
I think I which Ludacris is on, and it's just bad fucking. Nah, song. I think I remember that. Yeah, okay. So I just haven't listened to the record in a while, but but for the but I, I respect what you said. I, there is something about the artists making their own beats, and I think that's kind of why Wu Tang and me and my buddies loved Wu Tang because RZA is in control of everything on those records. You know what I mean? And and even though it's like he's like especially the first record, you know, and then he did the first I think like five or six until after Wu Tang Forever, and then he started pr- pushing it off to other producers. But there's something right. about that cohesive sound. Whereas on this record, you have Just Blaze, the Neptunes, Kanye, Eminem, Ninth Wonder, Rick Rubin. But this is what's funny. I I, I think the album is this album is fluid and it connects. I forgot about Just Blaze as the one of the who did a bunch. He did a bunch on beats. it. Um, he in fact he had probably more great beats in that era than any of the other guys I mentioned. Oh, for sure. Do you think that, do you think with this album, Jay-Z like kind of went in with a musical vision or it's just, these are the beats that they gave him? I, I, well, I think it's not even that they gave him. It's in the, 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 uh, what's the name of the movie? The, uh, the black, the black album movie. Adam, find that out. The, I think uh, we have, hold on. I think I have it. In one, I think I have it in one of the facts. Give me a second. Um, um I, but fade to um, black. Fade to black. Yeah. So, you see him listening to beats with um, with Timbaland and Kanye, and it's not you know they're they're not. It's not like he's it's it's these are what's available. Yeah, and that's what and these are the ones that like he gets inspired by. He makes a thing. It it uh, it's alchemical. It's you know the alchemy of him his lyrics and the beat. And then you end up with this complete thing. And I'm sure he'd sort of, you know, it's like, if I do a show or you do a show, it's like you write jokes. And then I always find that I write jokes. And then I, then I look at all of them and I go, what am I getting at here? And I think that's probably what happens on albums. If you're him. No, I agree. I, I know I can imagine because it's like cause from what you I, I imagine that he doesn't even start writing the lyrics for the most part until he hears the beat, you know. Yeah, I mean, he probably has couplets and then goes, "Oh, that could work." Da, da, da. They, it's in the, it's in the fade to black. You see him like the. It's incredibly cool where he listens to. Do you play any of the albums on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play. We have all yeah. the. We have all the tracks okay. for everything. Okay. All right. Good. That. If you if people go on YouTube or you can maybe put the video on top of it, it's you see him hearing dirt off your shoulder for the first time and he's like, What the fuck? Like yeah. he, and then he goes into a trance a little bit. So um so so yeah, I don't know how I, I could be dead wrong. I don't know how premeditated any of this is. You know? Well, I mean, you got that many producers. I mean, it's it does. There's some stuff that sounds like it flows, but here, let's, let's just dive into it. So with the first one I want to talk about is the one I think that you hate the most, which is December 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty, yep, don't like that's it. That's just Blaze. Don't like it. So this is, <laughs> so I, I actually wrote great song. I actually wrote great. I, now it's not my favorite on this, but I, I wrote great because I loved that. This is one of the few audio cuts of his mom, Gloria painting a picture of Jay-Z's youth and the track's title is his birthday. So this is basically like a lyrical autobiography. 
And in his 2010 memoir, he talks about the track saying, ultimately, the point of this song is that I don't blame anyone. I'm just trying to explain myself, tell you why I'm this way. And it's my story and I'm willing to own it. Do you have any of it, Adam? I didn't, I didn't pull a clip on that one. Do you have, you got a little bit of his mom? Cause I want to, <laughs> I really want to ask like if your mom. Well, I, my argument against it would be Andre had a song with his mom. Uh, Andre from, from Outcast. Yeah. That's a better version of this. The the thing that I don't like, it's the mythologizing that Jay Z does that I personally don't like. I don't. Other people like it. I just don't. I personally. What do you mean? Do not. What do you care mean of him? It. Him building himself up to be this like rap god? It's this. No, I. It's not even like that simple. If there's something kind of corny about it. Like Andre's thing with his mom is very much like small, whereas this this feels like somebody giving him a toast at a birthday party. Sean Carter was born December 4th, weighing in at 10 pounds, 8 ounces. He was the last of my four children, the only one who didn't give me any he pain. He just came right out. Good for, good for Jay-Z's mom. Good for, good for him. No pain. All right, so what would your mom uh, say about you to open your album? Well, what's funny is my mom... Uh, my, I'm the 10th of 10, so my, and I'm, I, when I say this, I'm dead serious. My mom was in labor with me for 45 minutes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> in and out. Um, she looked down and I was walking next to her. Um, the, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just, something about that, the, like the, the horn, like the, I don't know, it just seems like medieval times. Or something. I, I just don't like that song. I've never liked that song. From I from the first time I heard it, I was like, "This is corny to me." And that's how he opens the record. Doesn't though. mean it's corny. Yeah, no, I get it, but I know I get it, and I love how you explained it. Uh, I so I was thinking about what my mom would say to me if she opened my record. She would say, "Josh, you're 41 years old. It's time to get off my phone plan." That's exactly yeah, was what, she, really good. what she would say. But I'm like, I'm riding that shit till she dies, dude. Uh, yeah. And what are you vaping? Uh, this, this is a, uh, a honey uh, tobacco. I can, by the way, I have a, I think I'm probably right about this. Why they have friends and family plans. Why? Or why they have those family plans on calling. Why? Because if you've got five people on a service, you're not going to cancel the service. That actually makes so sense. So in some ways, your mom, Sprint or whoever wants your mom to keep you on there, because if it's just her, it's just you, you'll just bounce around everywhere. I'm, my mom's on my plan, and that's why I don't switch. Yeah. Because it would be such a fucking pain in the ass to explain to her that we're getting her a new number and a new, <laughs> like, it would just get, just not worth it. I think they realized that a long time ago. <laughs> They're geniuses. They're geniuses. They're these fucking geniuses, these people. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What more can I say? I like the beat, uh, but now let's move on to Encore. What more can I say is a great beat. Really? Yeah, you dig it? Yeah. I like the voices. Yeah. I like the voices ding, during ding, the bridge. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, I found this to be interesting, though. This was the first track off the album to be heard by the public. It debuted on uh, Hot 97 in New York City a few weeks before the album was released. Um, and this is before the actual first signal, which is the fifth track. But then there's Encore. Um, 
This is funny. Uh, critic Rob Mitchum. Well, first of all, Encore is produced by Kanye West. It has guest vocals by John Legend. Critic Rob mm-hmm. Mitchum wrote of the song that it's a little hard to take Jay's claims of retirement at face value because in this song, he says, when I come back, like Jordan wearing the 45. So he's already he yeah. already knows that he's just like, do you think that he said the retirement thing just to sell more records? Well, it's just a boxing move. That's all. It's they do it in boxing all the time. It just creates a narrative. It creates a press. It creates like goodbye, everyone. And then it goes, like, you're the best. Yeah. Um, no, I got that. Yeah, there was so yeah, like it's just a it's just a fake way. It's fake for sure. Wrestling. For sure. Um, so this song, this actually one, it's probably the best one um from the collision course with Lincoln Park. Do you have a little piece of that, Adam? Play uh play a little piece of the Lincoln Park version of this song. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I uh, Josh, this is one of the whitest things I've ever done, saying that any of this What is... the hell are you waiting for? You like this, dude. <laughs> you know, Josh, you can hear that with no with no white people involved. Um, <laughs> it's on Jay-Z's album. I like that you like that part. What the it's, in the, it's on the black version. Um, you don't need to do this, man. <laughs> dude, trust me. I've done whiter shit, dude. I've done far yeah. whiter shit. All right. Now. Uh, yeah. I like the Kanye produced it. And I like, I like that. I like that record. Um, the, uh, that's encore though. The, you were talking about, what was the first song? Uh, the first song was what more can I say? And then- yeah, yeah. What ding, 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 ding. I like how, uh, ink, ink, how like short the notes are. I thought it's it uh, it cool. All it's right. Cool Change clothes. So this is produced by the Neptunes. They're at the height of their game. The Neptunes are like, you know, I think NERD's first record might have come out at this point. Uh, double check that. It had come out a while. It had gone out. It had been a while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, So uh, the Change Clothes is maybe one of my least favorite. Thank you. Jay-Z songs. Thank you. If not one of my least favorite songs by anyone. This, dude, I this is insane because it's, it's, it's the first single that they released from this record it reaches number 10 this song in my opinion play the chorus this is so bad dude oh god i hate the that is god i love that you hate this too God, it's so it's so like changed clothes. I just it's too like what do you what? I just don't even like the I I especially don't like the premise. Yeah. Like change we're gonna change clothes. <laughs> I just seems like the girliest shit I can think of for a hip even hip hop has some girly preening shit. This seemed to be beyond the pale. 100%. 100%. But this is funny, though. I found this out. The song is an ode to dressing better and, and losing the throwback jerseys, a message so powerful that it actually had NBA commissioner David Stern himself begging Jay-Z to tell people to change clothes back after a decline in jersey sales. So even though... This song is Cheeseball McGee. Uh, that is absolutely not true. The... the um the throwbacks had to do with the malice at the palace where there was a near riot at an NBA game th- when the, when the players had to fight the, in the stands, which is, that's why they made them all dress better. 
Well, no, I'm not. He's not, I'm not talking about the, the the players doing it. I'm talking about him saying, him telling the audience like to stop wearing these jerseys. And so it's not so much the NBA players wearing the stuff. It's more about the fans. The fans actually listened to Jay-Z so much that they were like, well, we're not going to buy jerseys. We're going to start dressing better. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, but you can't make the players. Yeah, I hear it, but I got you. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Trust me, I love the malice. Of the I got malice. You. All right. Dirt off your shoulder. Thoughts on An this? An unbelievable song. Yeah. One of the greatest hip hop beats of all time. Yeah. I would argue. Produced by Timberland. Uh, when it comes by Timberland. And if you watch the Fade to Black, you can see Jay Z hearing it the first time. And he's like, it's really a cool moment. Can you pull that up, Adam? Can you see if you can find that? Uh, this is the second single released off the record. I think it should have been the first. Uh, it's there's so well many. based on performance. I would I would think so. But, but also, dude, Neil and I, maybe I, I mean, tell me if you think if I'm right or not. But it's like just the whole everything that went with it, like the brushing your that was like a thing for like for years. And still to say, it got so big that you know i found that in the 2008 debate against hillary clinton barack yeah. barack referenced it he did the gesture and then fucking he sure did and then fucking hillary does that when they're doing the benghazi trials but you know she also said that she carries hot sauce around in her bag at all times so it didn't really help her but, but again but she did carry hot sauce around in her bag the problem it was a classic Hillary thing where it was true. She does love hot sauce. Really? But she just tried to make it into some dork shit on, on the breakfast club. And it's like, you do care. And then they go, do you really? It's like, do you want me to? It's like, lady, you fucking had it. Yeah. If you look it up, like she does carry hot sauce in her. She's like a hot sauce head. She's a hot head. <laughs> She's a hot, why is she going hot ones, dude? Yeah, I know. She should go on hot ones. All right, put the clip on, Adam. Where he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I can tell the trance. All right, that's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, where it's like, that's sick, dude. The fuck? God, I love Timbaland. I love Timbaland. I love that it. That was fat Timbaland. Yeah, kind of, let's, that's that my. Was Tim, that was that was Timberland. <laughs> that's my favorite Timberland, though, man. He's I like chunky. Um, I don't like skinny Timberland. I like actually. Right, boys, who do you think I like? I, I, I also I also kind of like I also like when he did this stuff. This thing about Timberland that's so dope is that I've he's he's worked with like MIA. He worked with you know uh, fucking. Who was I? I said had her name on the tip of my tongue. Nelly Furtado. Like he Nelly has, Furtado, yeah, he, has he has such a out of all the producers, and and that not saying because I'll even say this about Kanye, especially on Lucifer on this record. There's there's a sound that Kanye had at the beginning that once you heard it, you were like, oh, that's that's Kanye West and Timberland. You always knew it the second you heard a Timberland beat. It was Missy Elliott. It was it's they they all have this cohesive sound. Maybe I'd even say that about the Neptunes to a point, but then you hear the... You absolutely could say it about the Neptunes, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. But there's some... No, Timberland's a fucking great artist. Great artist. Great artist. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. All right, so next one, Threat. 
Nah. No, 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 no. You like? First of all, I don't. The voice, the the song's fine. That's uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Yep. Doing doing the interlude, and it's Cedric the Entertainer. It must be said, one of the funniest. If you ever fuck like I don't see Cedric very often, but you know how certain people are just like you'll be doing a bit and then they'll meet you there and do it with you. Yeah. If I, the three fastest people I've ever seen are Fred Armisen, um, Tignataro and Cedric. Like Cedric will be at the bit by the time you get there waiting to do it with you. Yeah. Like he, so this, I, I love this just for threats. No, I appreciate that. Um, Yes, thank you. Uh, moment, of, um, moment. Do you have any more thoughts about that song? Uh, I don't even remember the song, to be honest. Do you have any of it uh, pulled up? Yo, what's up, pimp? This threats. That's right. This the this this threats, pimp. And I'm serious about mine. I'm so sincere. Nigga, I, nigga, I'll kill you. I'll chop you up. Put you inside the mattress like drug money, nigga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just like that part. It's a good. It's rhythmic. It's it's good quick the song's fine yeah um moment of clarity is uh is an eminem and resto song it's this is one of the ones that i'm kind of this is a good song no i like this song because it's a because it could have been an eminem song yes 100 percent, it could have been an eminem song. like on the you know all every eminem song is it's make or break time yeah no, for it's sure. It's time to <laughs> we gotta perform. put up or shut yeah, up. Yeah, this is my moment. <laughs> this is your moment. This is the time. Everybody's watching. What are you gonna do? Um, so this, it's actually, I'm actually surprised. I didn't know that he, that that Eminem. I guess I did at one point knew that he. Eminem, right, wait, Neil. Song. I love that. I also want to add. Not every every either every Eminem song is either it's time to fucking do it or it's like fuck all of y'all. It's either. Well, no, he just uh, he failed and now he's going to murder. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't even get to the moment of clarity. He's not even. It's he's just going to kill his mom and his wife and himself. <laughs> Um, all right, 99 Problems. I think this is the best song on the record. I think this is the best beat on the record. I also think it's the best opening, uh, 100%. Uh, Adam, go and play the opening. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cast is closed. I would argue, I would argue, Josh, that you're telling on yourself with your age and your race. Here's why, please. Because it's uh, produced by Rick Rubin, Love him. who did all the all the Beastie Boys albums and the LL Cool J albums in the '80s, and it's got a very '80s sound. Um, and uh, it's got rock guitars in it, which you like as a rock and roll person. So that's that's what you like about the song. Well, I I go ahead. Well, I you know, everything you're saying is 100 percent right. You, you know me. We've known each other for years. Yeah. That being said, yeah. though, it's it's not just that. It's also there. You, when you just hear this, you don't, and you're not really like you hear it on the radio. You're not really fully paying attention to it. You miss that this is probably one of the deepest songs on the record. Uh, you know, he's telling, you know, he's talking about, you know, rap critics, racial profiling from a police officer uh, and and an aggressor. It's like this is this is much bigger than just this superficial chorus. 
which is a nice tea layer. Oh, uh, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I would agree. I mean, it's the it's it's an it's like a narrative which Jay Z doesn't do very do often, often. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I can tell you the backstory. Please, oh, that dude. you may know. I heard about this song. I knew Mike D. Mike D. from the Beast Boys. His wife directed Half Baked, so I knew those guys starting in '97. I remember Mike saying he was in the studio. That's again, it's in Fade to Black uh, with Rick and Jay Z. And I was like, "What was he? What was he recording?" It was like I don't know some song about like '99 Problems Bitches, like an Ice T thing. Now the reason the song came to be is because Chris Rock told Jay-Z somebody should do a song with 99 Problems with Bitch Ain't One um, as a hook and not thinking, I mean, Jay-Z made it about dogs, which about the police dog, which I didn't, took me a decade to realize um, that I didn't, I thought it was just about bitches. Most people still think it's about bitches. Took me 10 years to realize and I knew half the people involved in it. I literally so, just found out that that was, I, I thought. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's about the police dog. The bitch is the police dog. I'm sorry to disabuse. I'm sorry. Sorry you had to find out this way. We all learned. Sorry you had to find out in public. I found out in private, but it was pretty embarrassing when I realized like, oh. <laughs> I just had that um, moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure most of the listeners will be having that moment. <laughs> um, so I don't. I don't particularly like the sound just feels anachronistic to me. It just feels like uh, here's the thing that I, I think I saw in an interview or something where Jay-Z said he wanted to go to his favorite producers and get a song for the album. So he went to Rick, he went to just blaze. He went to Kanye. He went to sure. He went to RZA, Eminem, like, like ninth wonder, like the, uh, the, the Timberland Neptunes, like he went, he did kind of the roll call. So I guess in that way, I don't know if it's one up from each of them, but, but it might be. You, you know, I, I also think that the, what really made me enjoy this song so much was also the music video. And I know, you know, you're a director too. So, I mean, if you watch it aesthetically out of most hip hop music videos, it's, it's going against all the videos that they were doing at the time. It was shot in black and white, like super grainy, almost looked like something like soda. Yeah, but it's still like, it's still sort of hip hoppy. It doesn't feel like, what is this a, 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 a Tylenol commercial. Sure, it's still like fucking fisheye here above those guys. Rick's in it. He's famous. They get shot. Yeah, but it's both of them, uh, and like they're it's they're both in the fucking like the the fur coats. It's just no, I know it's still hip hoppy. I don't. It's the 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 remarkable part is that they shot it at in the projects, which is a nightmare to shoot in especially when you're the biggest artist in the world and you're from that project. <laughs> yeah. like, that's the, that to me is like the, the victory or like the, the interesting part. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, but, but I, yes, this personally does not, I like the song more or less, but, but it feels Something about it, I don't know. Okay, well, uh, something about it just kind of like, meh. So this is, so just some little facts about it. This is the third and final single release. It won Best Rap Solo Performance at the Grammys and in the Rolling Stone Magazine top songs, top 100 songs of the 2000s, it's number two behind Gnarls Barkley's Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even put it in my top 40 Jay-Z songs. Really? 
Yeah, I just don't. I I can't. I just don't like it. I don't like it in that it's so like it feels like cut and paste Beastie Boys to me. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. you know, listen, it's it's definitely again. I don't. But again, that's why. That's why they. That's again. I'm wrong. No, the, I, no, I, I, everything that you said 100% is apt. I mean, I, I, I completely see exactly your perspective on it. I just think that, I don't know, like, like, look at this. It's like some of the shit that I found, the more I read about it, I'm like, holy shit, it's not just a music video. You have Obama talking about it at his monologue at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So, you know, he's, right. you know, he says, he's talking about Cuba, and he's like, it's unbelievable. I got, I got 99 problems, and now Jay-Z is one, because Jay-Z went to Cuba. And then also, oh, right. yep. and also you have Jack White, you know, who's, who's so far removed from, in a sense, hip-hop culture. He's he hailed this song as one of his favorite songs uh, of all time, and then the story. This song is the story of America in a nutshell. The story of all the struggles in America, black or white, and or of class systems. I mean, it's. I think it's. You know, it's. There's. And even even what you just told me, it's like how clever that is. Is ninety nine problems in a bitch a one? Like the bitch is talking about the police dog. I mean, dude, you like for real. It's like as soon as you laid it out, I was like, oh. No, I know. It's embarrassing when you find out. <laughs> yeah, it's um, but uh, yeah, to me, it sounds like there was another Eminem did a song with Rick Rubin, like in 2016 or 14 or something. Berserk, I believe. And it's the same like, like yeah. sample, like the, just great. It just I don't know. They're, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It just something about it just felt like felt like jay-z trying to i don't know it felt cynical in a weird way sure um all right moving on uh public service announcement this is a good one you dig this one? Oh, this is great yeah yeah, yeah. Pl- this is great play 122 off that peter when it hits the fan brother whether it's next year 10 years 20 years from now you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you jack thing ain't lied i came through the block and everything that's fly i'm like so Jay-Z said uh, in the story of the Black Album, it was on its way to being mastered and Just Blaze said he had one more for him. And this is what he gave him. And he basically, they pulled the record back and then they recorded this and then had to remaster it again. Yeah, that, it, and as well he should have, because it's, it's, uh, boom, dum, dum, it was like unbelievable. Yeah. And then the that long that long key mm-hmm. is so fucking cool. Oh, it's so great. And then there's another there's a Beyonce song on Lemonade that's similar to it that Just Blaze did that I think might have been like Beyonce brought him the sample maybe I can't remember the exact story. Hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, Just Blaze is. Uh, that's that. That's like first ballot Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, hundred percent, hundred. That song, that sample, even without Jay Z's part, it's like, man, is that it's, good? That's that. This it's not just it's not just the sound of the song. It's Jay Z in his top form. I mean, this is like one of the. I think I. What did I read? This is like the most popular live concert staple that he plays and you can see like everything that you just described yeah. it's perfect for like him to have it brought down and then just drop it and then the, the crowd yeah, just- he's got probably 10 i mean jay-z's at the point where he's got 40 songs where you the first the the first three notes and everybody, everybody loses nuts, it but you know it's song- but like that's the that's it's also like what can you close with what can be what can you open with in a concert what can you close with 
and what can be your first song back for the encore. Yeah. And that's all. You can do all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know what song? Um, He should never play at a concert. Justify My Thug. This is just yeah, as this is uh, this is bad, uh, dude. An abomination. <laughs> Do you, this is uh, this is produced by Heavy D, I believe. DJ Quick and, I, <laughs> and and DJ Quick and Lenny Kravitz is involved. Oh, it's so bad. And it just feels like, damn. Do you remember? Do you remember when Justify My Love came out though? Not the not Justify My Thug, but Justify My Love, the Madonna like. This is like Madonna at like the height of her sexiness. You couldn't explain to somebody how big Madonna was. No, I know that. Dude, thank you for you saying that. You couldn't, you could, because I see her trying to, like, she'll be, M- MTV still has her do stuff in the VMAs, and she just is aged. Yeah. And you, it's a young, she's, she's banking, she put all of her eggs in the sex basket and, it's just it's diminishing. She's not sexy anymore. Yeah. To most people, so they she keeps kind of it's like a it's like a heavyweight fighter who like cannot. It's like Evander Holyfield yeah, who got his ass you're like, dude, you got to stop doing this. <laughs> She's so cute. I was at a I was at a BLM rally in downtown LA, and she was like right next to me, and she was so small and like so cute, you know, because she's still Madonna. And I was there throughout that whole journey where it was like, you know, the first time you see her, it's like for me, it was desperately seeking Susan, and she was so just you know she was so cute and she was like at the forefront of yeah. fashion and everything and then like you said dude she she was so sexy we're even like i think even in the a league of their own song she's like rolling around playing with herself in the playground song <laughs> all of them all of them and then and justify my love did you wait did you have the 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 madonna sex book no i didn't like partake but um <laughs> But, uh, but, but yeah, like I, she, yeah, you couldn't explain it to people. I always say she was in Wayne's world sketch. She was just like fucking, she was, she was, you couldn't explain how little culture there was back then. There were like eight people and she was one of them. (laughs) All right. Let me ask you this because I, I would love to get your opinion on this. I think I recently saw an article where they're comparing Drake now to Michael Jackson at his biggest well that has that's this exactly what i'm saying yeah is dave pointed this out to me at one point he goes he goes what you you look at bill cosby eddie murphy these guys there were no there were imagine every famous black person in the world now and then take all of that fame and put it into four people so with drake is incredibly famous and incredibly good at culture um, but the culture is just different now. Yeah. So you can't, you know, no one's staying up for a Drake. They'll, they'll, if they're awake and the Drake album comes out, they'll listen to it. But like the amount of fucking waiting three hours to watch a Pepsi commercial, mm-hmm. you couldn't, no one's doing that shit anymore. Yeah. It's just the world's different. Yeah. 
I say the same thing. It's like when people like I get into arguments about like the Beatles and, and Elvis, I go, guys, we'll never understand how big the Beatles or Elvis were. Like, well, you, like you said it perfectly, dude, there was four people. And at the time when the Beatles come out, there's literally three channels on the television. And that's why a show like mash had so many people watching the final yeah, episode. And it's like, if you're watching television, you're watching the Beatles. Exactly. So you couldn't, yeah, it's like, it's, there's, I, you know, I explain it to comedians that are older. I'm like, you got shot out of a cannon. Like there were three cannons. Now there's 50 cannons. Yeah. So like Letterman and Seinfeld and Leno and those guys, they had to get on Johnny Carson and they got shot out of a cannon. And like they were, and they would like bet them for, see how cannon ready they were. And then they would get shot out and they got to be, they either, you know, exploded or were duds or whatever, but but you can't, it's like you culturally, you can't even compare. Completely, completely. Even, you know, I mean, again, The weekend or any of these people, it's, it's nobody's that, everybody's, you're big, but it's not like, uh, it's just different. I always say if my dad would know who you are, then you're big. And my dad, my dad, I think would know who Drake is. I think at this point, 100%, he would know who Drake is, but every- But he might know him from, um, from like a like a T-Mobile commercial. No, I would think. I, to be honest with you, I think he would probably know him mostly from sports. He'd be like, "Oh, is that the Toronto Raptors fan that's like jumping on the court?" Yeah, absolutely. But there's absolutely. we'll never be able to explain to people Madonna. We'll never be able to explain to Nick. New kids on the block. At one point, were I mean, the the biggest thing in the world. And it's not like that anymore. And regardless if Drake can be as big as he wants to be and, and can keep growing and keep putting out stuff, there's still people that are like, I don't know who he is. You know what I mean? Like Drake, yeah. Drake, uh, Drake Jenkins. I have no idea. Drake. All right. Yeah. Lucifer. Um, this is, uh, this is Kanye, right? This is Kanye at my favorite era of Kanye too. Well, this is like uh, Lucifer and H to the Izzo. This sort of like, ning, ning. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a very tight loop. It's like a boomerang loop. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's, this is, this is, when I hear something like this, and listen, I'm not shitting on Kanye's new music because I think Yeezus was one of his best albums and I appreciate everything Kanye has done. Even the new record, uh, it's not, there's moments in it where I'm like, no, but it's got like that hurricane songs as good as any other song. You've done. For sure. I think for sure. But there, there was something really beautiful about what Kanye was doing that first record using those old samples, you know, and turning them into these incredible songs. He's still doing that. He's still doing it, but it's not. Yeah, happy. but he's just not, he's using different. It's a different. Yeah. He was also like using Dr. Dre high hats and like very direct. He, he was kind of like, just blaze was they, a lot of the a few guys were taking the soul samples and um just blaze i think most notably and probably ninth wonder and then it was like soul samples sped up and dr dre's hi-hats and uh um i believe it was the hi-hat he said the hi-hats from explosive is what he stole from so like it was i i like this feels a little rudimentary to me this is like um for kanye based on where he went but i it's like a cute picture of kanye to me yeah it's like a it's like a 
that's who he was and I'm not mad at who he was then. No, I dig it. Who, who is your favorite hip hop producer? Ever? Ever. I mean, I don't know, Kanye or, or Pharrell. I think Pharrell. I think Neptune's Pharrell. I think, see, I, I, I do love the Neptunes and I love Pharrell, but I, I just, you know, I feel like there's, especially you hear something like change clothes and you're like, oh God, it's like. No, but that's not his fault though. That he didn't, that's not his, that's, I mean, maybe it is his fault. I don't know, (laughs) but I, but I'm also not mad at like, and DJ Premier is great. I mean, there's a few guys, there's like the top five, you know. I, I, um, the Q-tip. I was going to say Q-tip. Yeah. Q-tip or early RZA. Early RZA. I, yeah. I, I just, just such a sound that, you know, Wu Tang swept, swept the Washington DC suburbs where it was every white kid and black kid fucking loved that that album. They loved those that group, yeah. and it was it was there was yeah. something that uh, nobody maybe maybe Kanye is capturing that now where it's like. If you go to a Kanye concert, there's just as many white kids as there is black kids, or there's just as many black kids as there is. I think, actually, I think it's most hip-hop shows, to be honest. Really? All right, so so the last two tracks on the record, Allure and My First Song. My First Song, I don't think he should have ended the record with this. I actually think he should have ended it with the Neptunes Allure. Uh, It's just, there's something about it. This one's, you know, he's talking about, you know, being high and, and dealing drugs. Uh, he said in his two. What's a lore? Here, do you have a little bit of a lore? Young is the life. More skin is the life. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know why. All right, so. I don't like it. I, I, I don't think I've ever not. I don't think I've ever listened to that song. I, I have an instant aversion to it, and I'm, I'm now I'm getting happy that Kanye won the Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then here, then then listen to my first song, which is how he ends the. Record. My first song is one of my favorite songs ever. I love that. I love that sample. And uh, I, I like, I have nothing. I just love the sample and I love the sentiment. And um, hold on, I'm looking up the uh, the performed by the Los Angeles Negroes is that that's their sample. Um, and uh, but I yeah I love that I love the Biggie conver- uh, Biggie interview at the beginning. I love everything about that song, Josh. We you I know you wanted to shit on it. Um, but that's one of those songs where you don't, if you don't put it first, you can't, it's too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, so you have to put it last. Well, uh, president Barack Obama said this was his favorite song, uh, by any artist during the 2012 United States presidential election, because it reminds him to always stay hungry. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm sorry to, uh, to I guess I have presidential aspirations. You got to run. I don't know what bro. to tell you guys. I happen to love the I I 
I have to stay hungry. Dude, you get- Me and Obama are the same success level, <laughs> and we have to remind ourselves to stay hungry. Uh, no, that's kind of why I like this. I just like the song. I like the humility of it. I like the, yeah, I just like it. Um, I like it. You, you won me over. I just thought Allure Thank sounded you. like it was more like an album ending. Allure is so, is, is so bad as a song. It's like change clothes, but worse. Oh, no, I don't think anything's it's like better. Change clothes, but but like with a with no hook. I don't, but I think Justify My Thug is the worst. I that, that I mean, Change Justify Clothes. Justify My Thug is real, real garbage. <laughs> um, no, listen, listen, you're not wrong. I just, I'm talking about the ending of an album. I thought that nice, like the orchestration would be a nice way to fade it out if you move maybe my first song a little bit into the middle of the record. But I didn't even put into the fact that of really what it's about. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, great song. Not totally shitting on it. Um, I guess I maybe I I dislike Allure a little bit more. Oh. All right, that's fine. All right, here we go. Let's let me see if there's any uh, facts that I can. All right, so here on the 2020 list, this record jumped 194 spots to number 155. What what's its number right now? We're at uh, this is 349. 349. So it jumped up to 194. Um, and Jay-Z has two other records on this list. He has Blueprint at 252 and Reasonable Doubt at 250. Um, have you seen the new list? I have not seen the new list. I, I don't think I've seen the old list, I can be honest with you. Wow. You're not missing much. All right. Final questions. Just the whole thing to build a <laughs> podcast around, but whatever. For your final, final questions. Uh, I feel like you kind of answered some of these, but just remind us. Favorite song on the record? Um, Allure. Kidding. <laughs> um, uh, I gotta go with uh, my first song because my first song is like the only one that wasn't a. It was. A, it's a great album track, and it's not famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I, I mean, to be honest with you, that's like this. This listen is the first time I've actually heard that song. Yeah. All right, least um, yeah. least favorite song on the record. Tie for it's a tie. Allure, justify my thug. Um and uh, let's go with the and change clothes. Okay, uh, it's a three way tie for for worse. Okay, what song on this record would you fuck to? Um. One more, can I say no? December 4th, no, because I don't want to listen to his mom. <laughs> One more, can I say is me, 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 me. It's a bad rhythm. Yeah. Uh, bang, ding, 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 ding. Encore. Yeah. Change clothes. I no. You lose your erection. I jump out the window and end it. Um, dirt off your shoulder is too menacing. Like, I'm going to bitch when this is over, I'm going to murder you. Um, uh, moment of clarity is to like this is my last fucking session. Yeah. Um, Ninety nine problems to cacophonic and it's about and of course the bitch the dog. Women don't women don't know it's about the dogs so and they just be like bitch ain't one like <laughs> why why don't say bitch. Um, public service announcement. Ding ding ding. Yeah, that's a bit like unveiling my dick. Um, <laughs> I play public service announcement just by my thug. I'm jumping out the window. Uh, Lucifer seems a little on the nose. Lucifer, if I was having sex with a, like a woman in her sixties, 
Um, my first song is the only one that's got like that that where those strings are. I like. You can do it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one, and it's not too yeah. long too. It's like maybe about four minutes. And it reminds me to stay hungry and go down. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's giving you, you know? tips throughout. It's like don't give up. You can do this. Push through. You're like, all right, I'm fucking the man. All right, uh, favorite beat on this record. Um. Uh. The the uh, the turn off your shoulder. Okay. Uh, favorite verse on the record. Um. I did want to shit on a lyric, which is, I'm like Che Guevara with bling on. I'm complex. It's like, man, you are complex. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, a uh, a uh, a fucking. Uh, a freedom fighter who who likes jewelry. <laughs> what? Um, um, I don't have a. I don't really have. I like the for the my first song. Some from the, my first song would okay, be my cool. favorite. Cool. Um, where does this one rank in your favorite Jay Z records? Maybe my favorite. You know what actually is my favorite? It's probably second. My favorite Jay-Z record is uh, American Gangster, even though he's probably only got five songs on there. What was this? What um, was the big song off that record? What was like the... Uh, uh, Let me see if I can pull it up. There's a song with Nas. It's really good. Hello, Brooklyn. On that one too. Hello, Brooklyn, I'm not crazy about. There's... Um, let me see if I can find... The album, there it is. Um, I liked the following songs. Uh, Rock Boys, Blue Magic is great. That's a brand name, Blue Magic. It's a brand name. Um, and Idris Elba apparently produced a part of the, the really? song. Yeah. Um, finally, three let intro, which is credited to Chris Flames and Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like I like that song. I like that album. It's just because he made that like super commercial album after that. That was after uh, after the black album that was shitty. Uh, Rock Boy and the winner is Hope. Uh, Blue Magic. Yeah, I just like that album. Yeah, I got. I remember when that came out. He made it after Kingdom Come, which was the garbage work. Yes. Yeah. 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 That came out in two thousand and six. All right. Um. So then, oh, actually, I, I want to ask this too. Like, who are your top five like favorite MCs? Is Jay Z in there? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. I mean, people ask. I. It's. I don't. It's like, what do I? I do. Uh, Little Wayne. I think is probably the best couplet writer i've ever heard consistently he just writes the best couplets there's a song called wasted i think where it's got the most it's just got the most couplets in a row that i was like holy shit it ends with the it's going down with it's going down like the catalina wine mixer it's <laughs> like this guy's fucking for real um uh yeah, Little Wayne, Jay Z, uh, you know the, the the usual suspects: Nas, Biggie. You know, yeah. no no surprises. So, but you have Little Wayne at number one. 
I don't know where I have them, but I just have them as like my favorite. It's all my favorite. I don't know who's the best, but my favorites are like, are, are those guys. Okay. And then last question. Uh, why should the younger generation listen to this record? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they need to. <laughs> like if they want to knock yourself out, but I'm not one of these, like you have to listen back in my day. Like, I don't know. If you want to do it, do it. If not, uh, I, you know, listen to fucking, listen to fucking little baby. If you want, Really? listen, to whatever you want, <laughs> if you want, I don't give a shit. Sure. I don't know what they're into. I'm not going to be like my now. I'm not going to be the old back in my day. Well, do you think this, de- like, do you think this deserves to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Oh yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean, I mean, again, that's one of those things is like, if they, if they're curious, some people are curious and some people are not like, that's what I've come to realize. Like I've watched every, you know, movie at a certain point, I watched every movie that was ever nominated for best picture, but that doesn't mean everybody needs to. Yeah. No, I get it. You know, I will. I want the kids to enjoy themselves. Be stupid. And, and, you know, watch your TikToks. <laughs> like, I really like, don't give a fuck. No, I get it. Like, watch TikTok, I don't give a shit. This is good for us. It was, like, most of the culture is exciting because it just came out. Yeah. It's like 70% of the appeal. No, for sure. Uh, so when people go like, I want to make a comedy album that, or I want to make a comedy special that stands the test of time. Oh, it didn't. It didn't. When was the last time you watched Richard Pryor? I fucking, I'm love, comedy's all I give a shit about. I watched Richard Pryor, I haven't watched Richard Pryor in five years. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I, if that. No, I, I so. listen, you're 100% right. Uh, I think, you know, I haven't listened to every Jay-Z record all the way through. Like we said before, there's a lot of great shit on here. There's some songs that suck balls, but yep. the ones that are good are so good. And you're getting somebody that is in a sense at the top of his game. And it's just, it's, I think it's great. I think if you're going to like introduce somebody to Jay-Z, this is a record you have to kind of give them. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, I give it 3.8 fleeces out of five. I feel like that's apt. I feel like that's apt. Uh, I'll go further than that. I'm going to go four, four, five. Four, five. Nice. Yep. Uh, promote away, Neil. Whatever you got, man. This was great, man. So what, I don't know when this is coming comes out. Comes out Wednesday. November 21st. Okay. I'm, still in, I'm in New York uh, doing a new show called Unacceptable. Go to unacceptableshow.com for tickets. And uh, it's a, like a three Mikey stand up emo type deal. Nice. I'm going to come, man. I'm definitely going to come. You know, I, I, you know I, live in, I live in Gramercy now. I'm I'm judging yeah I'm judging that by the the solidness of your door. <laughs> it's, I know, dude. It's like, do I have enough locks on it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, like you don't need that many locks in that life. Uh, um, all right, cool. Buddy. Thank you, buddy. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Neil Brennan, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to follow him on all social media, go to at Neil Brennan on all social. Go to his website, neilbrennan.com. Listen to his podcast, How Neil Feel, and go see Unacceptable running until November 21st at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York City. How cool was that? The first time we've ever had somebody on the street, like literally on the street, on the street. All right, new music. We got a guy called... CJ Flies from Brooklyn. He co-founded the New York Hip Hop Collective Pro Era in 2001 uh, with uh, rising star Joey Badass. 
and the late Capital Steez. Uh, he's also a member of the supergroup Beast Coast, uh, along with Flatbush Zombies. And you're listening to his song, Off My Chest, that got released in March. And you can find links to the music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you want your music played on the podcast, send us your song to 500podcast at gmail.com. And just let us know who influenced you and what album, and we will play it because we're trying to make careers here. All right, next week, what do we got? Ooh, it's getting muddy in Denmark. 1960s, muddy waters at Newport. Can we find a guest for it? Stay tuned. Uh, do your homework. I'm about to shine my fucking light just like the break of dawn. I ain't dimming it for no one. Trying to build my arc like Noah on the internet. They showgun soldiers treat me like a showgun. In the strip clubs on some more ones. I've been solid as the rock. You can see I'm no Samoan, but you get the line. Better get in line. Fell in love with hip-hop when I first heard Tribe singing Check the Rhyme. As a kid, I used to always dream of getting signed. Back at Quad, they used to say, yo, CJ, let me get a dime. So Ibrahim, a few while was making born sinner. That was years ago. I promise they wouldn't remember. Had a cypher in the staircase, hit me and two members Been a fan of cold music since that once on Simba Spring 2013, lost Dilo last Christmas We all went looking for him, we thought he was missing Ain't know what to do, I wish things had went different Guess we couldn't see the signs just because we were kids then Ain't know what it looked like, but that was depression Lost our ringleader, it taught us a lesson Left his mark on us, he made an impression Think about him every day because we all miss him we still on that 47 shit All the knowledge you was rapping, I just can't forget You should see your influence, how you still relevant Know how we rock, so every single word I said I meant We broke that bus from big to small pebbles to settlements Used to say I loved you when I meant that shit Was one day older, but it still felt like a mentorship Must have returned to where you came, cause you were heaven sent Raise the ball like I'm doing a bench press Got some shit I need to get up off my chest I won't stop till they consider me the best Nothing more, nothing less Can't compare me to the rest, nah Raise the ball like I'm doing the best press Got some shit I need to get up off my chest I won't stop till they consider me the best Nothing more, nothing less Can't compare me to the rest, nigga Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. 
I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Next Chapter Podcasts.